Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming. It's really nice to see you all. And uh, we're getting ready for Hanukkah tonight. I've quoted many, many times Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky of blessed memory who, um, when he was 88 years old, wrote a book entitled Growing Up. And the way he starts the book off is what do I want to be when I grow up? Right? So that's a cute question to ask, right? You ask every child, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says he wants to be a doctor. He wants to be a fire truck, not a fireman, a fire truck, because they have the lights and everything. Or a police car, right? You ask a three-year-old, right? Police car. He wants to be, he wants to be a Hatzalah truck. It's interesting, the answer, right? Some will tell you Hatzalah man, that's a little more of it. You ask a child, what he wants to be. Tversky starts off this book. <coughs> what do I want to be when I grow up? I am 88 years old now. You would assume at the age of 88, somebody grew up. Well, he goes on to explain that apparently not necessarily. So what does it mean to grow up? So he explains, and he explains it at length, but in short, growing up, or what we call in Russian Kurdish, becoming a godl, right? We know when a boy turns 13, a girl turns 12, they become either a godl or a gedoyla, literally meaning big. And before that age, we're called katanim, small. Cotton, katana. What does it mean to be small and what does it mean to be big? Small, right? You see, you see something or you see, you see a fire truck passing by. When you're small, all you see is the fire truck and the lights. When you're big, you realize that fire truck is on the way to a fire where people are in danger. And, they're go- and, and it's important that the fire truck get there fast because it's going to save their life. But when you see an ambulance passing by, when you're small, it makes a lot of noise, wheel, 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 and lights and, and everything. Um, when you get, as you get older, you realize that inside that truck there are people, there are volunteers, if we're talking about Hatzalah. Right, volunteers who just either got up in the middle of the night or were in the middle of something, in the middle of work, in the middle of spending time with their family, whatever it may be they were in the middle of doing, got up, ran out, and are giving their all to save somebody's life. And there, there's someone in the back of that truck whose life may very well be hanging in the balance. Or we hope that it's you know someone going to give birth, something happy, something nice. <clears throat> it brings to mind when my second son was born. He was born at home. Yeah, I had the privilege of delivering him. It was not expected, no. We, we don't, with that type of thing, we generally don't plan out. You know, a husband should not... Is not was it on Shabbos? Was on Shabbos morning, yes. And I mean, generally a husband is not is not supposed to watch as his sh- wife is giving birth. Something they snap in the back, whatever it may be. But generally, the husband is out of the room at that, at that point. I'm not supposed to look there. But uh, in my case, there was, really a, there was not really any choice, as I was the only one at home at the moment. The doula was on the way. It was a big miracle, actually. It was very nice. The doula was on the way, and ended up. My wife ended up calling Hatzalah, Shabbos morning, because uh, my hands were full. And um, Baruch Hashem. So a lot of it was nice. You know, everyone came. It was a lot, I have a lot, I have some friends there. 
they ended up being part of those that came. So yeah, it's all usually it's all that comes. Everyone is scared. Wow, what's gonna be? So usually someone isn't isn't in trouble. In this case, everyone walked in. Mazel tov, good Shabbos, ah, ah, it was gorgeous. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's big, right? Seeing things beyond the surface. And small is seeing things only on the surface, superficially. So now you understand, why is it that (coughs) (coughs) that a child or someone who does not have das, someone who does not have knowledge, or or what really means das is a deeper knowledge, um, is, uh, is not obligated to do any of the mitzvahs, right? We train a child from the from depending on the mitzvah from different ages, three, nine, <clears throat> to train them into getting used to doing the mitzvahs, but there's no obligation. When is the when does the obligation come? When they become a gadol, gedolim, a gadol, a gedolim, bar mitzvah, bas mitzvah. When they're able to get this beginning of deeper understanding, to be able to appreciate. You know, what it is, what to be able to really think. What's going on over here? What am I doing? And that's godless. And that's what we we all have to strive to be. To be gedolim, to be big. Right? A real educator, a parent, a teacher, has got to be big. Because we're putting up sometimes with so much nonsense. I'm just thinking about myself and my teachers and my parents. I mean, honestly, I think my wife has to be very, very big. She's got to put up with a lot of nonsense, a lot of immaturity. But still, you know, to be able to see, no, this is not him. It's just his immaturity. He'll grow out of it. And and to to see the the person beyond all the nonsense. Child, teenager, children, uh, they think they know everything. They We think... Uh, we, uh, then the younger we are, the more we think we know everything. As the older we get, we realize that less. We realize we know less and less, right? We think we know better, and and our, our teachers and our parents have to patiently just sit back and okay, I hear you. Yes, sure, 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 and just cradle us as as we matured and realized how much our parents were right and how much we should have maybe listened to them a little bit more. <clears throat> a mitzvah, a mitzvah is something so, is, is tremendous. It's not just a ritual, as as the title of this series is called. It's a relationship. It's something. It's something deep. It's something amazing. It's life. So as we approach a mitzvah of Hanukkah, right, which you know, as as children, right, this one way that we understood it, and just not all the mitzvahs, Hanukkah, Purim. Yom Tovim of, of Sholosh Shogolim, the three holidays that, that, that we would go up to the Beis Amigdash when we had the Beis Amigdash, <coughs> which are actually mentioned in the Torah, Sukkot, Pesach, Shavuos, then there's Shoshani, Yom Kippur. So there's an understanding that we have for them as children. But as we get older, we have to grow out of that understanding and, you know, just like... We don't wear the same the same clothing that we had when we were born, when we were li- children, little, right? We don't. I don't. I recently found a suit. My son, I gave it to my son that I wore when I was two. I tried to fit in. It didn't work, right? It doesn't fit. 
So, so too, on an, on an emotional and intellectual level, it doesn't fit. We have to, we have to grow our understanding as we grow up. <clears throat> what about people that are comfortable where they are, they don't want to change? That's... Yeah. Uh, In American society, they're like, don't judge me for who I am, this is who I am. Either you accept me or you don't, but this is the way I am. That's contrary to life, because life is growth. If we're not moving... So what should your response be to people like that? <laughs> who said, not living who said you need to... Flow, who said you need to respond? What if it's someone you care about? Yeah. The question is, you someone that you care about, the question is, will your response... What can do you anything tell them in a way that they will, they will, they will, they're responsible to do something? Otherwise, it's like hitting your head against the wall. You don't Sometimes want... you have to shift to wait. Sweet. Since you have to wait for them to grow up. Little by little, you know, people think. People do uh, something. To, to say to each person. But you hear what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying. Sure. Not necessarily responding to them is going to have any sort of effect on them. You know, sometimes. They're asking people are asking questions. Then it's not a question; it's an answer. They don't want the answer. They don't want to. <clears throat> Sometimes a person has to come to it on his own. Go through whatever he's got to go through to come to it on his own. You can be there for them, and you can mention obviously. You know, I don't know. You want to be blunt. A heartbeat of a live person goes up and down. We're always changing, always changing position, always looking for more and for better and higher, and then sometimes taking a step back and jumping up again. When we're flat, if this is who I am, that's it. That's flatline. That's that's a heart attack. Done alive. <coughs> yeah, that's a code. Code code blue. Finished. To get a person out of that, you got to give them a good shock. Right? AED, electric shock. The reset, resuscitate. You got to resuscitate him, him or her. But we got to try to try to keep on moving. Keep on moving. So, right, so all our life we understand Hanukkah. It's very nice. It's a, it's a, it's a holiday of, of lights and everyone gets together. And really, is it's cold outside. And we all, we all huddle together by the menorah. And it's warm inside. And we have some hot latkes. Just came off the pan. And some fresh donuts. Right? Again, a child, he sees a donut. A grown-up sees calories. Right? It's a different, different perception. Some adults also only see donuts. Huh? Some adults also only see donuts. Those that they choose to stay young. And uh, not age. But, um... That's a different... That's a topic for, for a different time and a different night. Um, <clears throat> is there a way... To, huh? to, is there a way... For someone who's older to feel young but still mature, of course. How? Fresh. It's not. It's not. Not silly. No, you have the deepness, but you, but you realize yourself. You're. It's an even deeper understanding to realize that I'm still fresh, and to keep yourself fresh, and to keep on doing and keep on doing and keep on doing and striving for more, but at the same time using your life experience to grow on that to do it more effective, but with the same energy as a two-year-old. Right? There, there is what to learn from children. The stages in life are not meant to be forgotten. They're meant to be built upon. So f- 
as we get older, we build upon our childhood in terms of the freshness, in terms of the, the happiness, seren- smile, serenity, anything. smile, being busy, meaning not, not being idle, right? But we, uh, we uh, implement the maturity that we get and then put the two and two together and that's a gorgeous person. It's not, every step in life is a building block. <clears throat> so yes, we have that. So that's Hanukkah, right? It's light and and it's snowing outside. It has to be snowing. I remember the first time that, as I was getting older, when I was six or five, and like all the pictures was were always, you know, the menorah, the window, snowflakes. I'm like Hanukkah, it's not snowing. It doesn't make sense. I mean, I remember this thought going through my head at around four or five years old. I think, right? And that's very nice for a four or five year old. Right? You hear the story, the Maccabees and the Yevonim and the, you know, the fighting and the elephants and the menorah and the oil and the, you know, that's why we eat donuts and that's what we like because it lit for eight days, a tremendous miracle, gorgeous. But if we stay just with that as we grow up, so all it becomes, it's our version of a holiday that happens around the same time, which doesn't has doesn't belong to us, which throughout history has been the day that um, you know Jews were massacred, right? Because of what it symbolizes. Um, but it's just a time to spend. It's our way of spending time with family. So they have a tree, and we have a and, and we have we have a menorah. And as, but if we stay with that same superficial understanding as we get older, we say like, hey, what's the difference? Why can't we have both? Why can we also have lights all around the house? There was such a question asked. It was sent into one of the newspapers a few years ago. And that really, that, that, Ninjalka lights. Right? You want to have lights? Have lights. What hurt, what bothered me more was, was where the question came from. The question came from a certain emptiness. An emptiness of, of a misunderstanding of what the day means. Or when people compare Purim to Halloween. Oh, it's a Jewish Halloween. But isn't the mitzvah of Hanukkah to, to bring light where there's a lot of darkness? Right. So, so why can't you do the whole light stuff? I'm not saying you shouldn't do. House and light up the outside of your house and the trees. and the. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but the, what, the, where that question was coming from was, what's the difference? Mm. The questionnaire didn't see a difference between Hanukkah. It was just their version, there our version. Uh huh. Right. But that that there shouldn't be a question once we understand what Hanukkah is, which we're going to try to understand tonight. But if we stay with the two-year-old, three-year-old idea of what Hanukkah is all about. Then okay, so why not? There's no, there's no, there's no depth. There's nothing behind it. <clears throat> so that's why it's crucial to keep on, keep on learning and keep on growing. You know, as I've, I've mentioned, you know, Rebbe Zev Segel of the, of Manchester, the Manchester Shashiva, was a very, very holy person, a very, very pious, pious person, a tremendous Torah scholar. He was in his late seventies, no, if not older even, and he's been he, he had been putting on a talis, you know, since he was married at least, right, from 
for many, 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 many tens of years, and he was learning the laws about putting on a talis, and he found a way that maybe he could do it even better. Not to say that he wasn't doing it right, but doing it a little bit better. And he took out his talis and he started practicing. He didn't have to. But it was that. Sh- huh? What's the example of a better way of putting on your talis? I think, if I remember the story correctly, it was the way he wrapped it. There are different ways to wrap it, <clears throat> different customs. But he didn't, or or just to, I think he took it out just to make sure that he was doing it right. I have to look back in the book to, to see the story. It was an account of his of the one he was learning with, who's witnessed all of this. He could have said, what do you mean? I know how to do it. I'm doing it for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. I should know what I'm doing, right? But no, it was that, that's the youth, by the way. That's the youth with the maturity. Meaning always being curious. Yeah, yeah. I could learn more. But just because I'm 75, I can't learn anymore? Some people think it's an embarrassment. Then you die. Huh? Some people take it as an embarrassment. Like, what? What are you trying to teach me? So that's staying a child when you're 55. That's the immaturity. That's the immaturity. That's That's being afraid of your childhood as something that's negative. And go wanting to go away with it, so I can't be a child. But some people are always running away from that. Huh? Some That's very are always sad. Always running away from it because of something in the past or whatever. But the bracha of shalom, right? Oh, that yeah, you're right. Shalom. The bracha of shalom of peace, is you should be content with yourself because not this is who I am and I'm, I'm not moving anywhere, but realizing this is who I am, this is what I have, and these are my tools to build and to mature and to grow. And to make my life even more meaningful. So having said all that, let's try to approach Hanukkah and understand. And, and there is a lot. This is in no way, shape, or form everything. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And from here, everyone feel free to keep on learning. <clears throat> The Talmud teaches us in Maseches Shabbos. One who is careful <coughs> with a candle. And Rashi explains that this is referring to the candles of the Shabbos candles and the candles of Hanukkah. We'll have um, children who are who are um, Torah scholars? But what does that mean, like practically? How do how do we do it in a way? Oh, when well, how to be careful? Yeah. So we'll, we'll 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 try to explain that now. And the Gemara brings proof that there were to- big sages Torah scholars who was was attributed to the fact that their mothers, um, their parents, it's, it's, there it's mentioned their mothers, but it, it refers to parents and anyone. Father, mother, because the even the Shabbos candles have to do with both. Right? This brought down the husband should prepare it for his wife. Well, what if the wife doesn't like the way the husband prepares it? So he should they should come to a mutual understanding and a way that he should do it that uh, that she will like it. Um so I always wondered why. Why is that significant? That's what's going to make your son a Torah scholar? How about I would say learning with him? I don't know, uh, saying certain portions of, of Psalms. I don't know, uh, 
with rapping, uh, rapping uh, different bands around. I don't know all different different things that people come up with today. Some people come up with some uh, have sources. Um, why is being careful with a candle, with lighting a candle, so significant that it, that it, an a that it, having a son of Torah skull is not just someone that academic again it's not just academic knowledge it's it's a real Torah scholar, a real Talmud Chacham, says it, the, the word Torah scholar doesn't really even do it justice. Talmud Chacham is a, is a concept. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole... It, Talmud Chacham is, is not just knowing Torah, it's his whole essence is on a higher level, on a higher plane. Maybe it's because fire is something that you can share without losing anything. True. But look at the way the Gemara says it. Kol hazohir bin there. One who is careful. Not one who lights. One who is careful. Maybe it's careful with the right machshava and attitude. Meaning like, oh, I'm lighting and I'm staying here for 30 minutes as opposed to I'm lighting and running away. That's... Maybe. And that. On, on, on the track, we're on the track. But I was thinking something else, along the same lines as what you're saying. When in the home, it's the atmosphere in the home is one of that. This is important, right? Uh, and Shabbos candles, Hanukkah, it's it's uh, it's a mitzvah. So first and foremost, being careful with a mitzvah, right? being careful, treating it with reverence, treating it with not just respect but awe. There's something special that permeates the house household. That's something that's digested. That's why I meant to mention this in the beginning. I would like to dedicate this share in memory of a, an acquaintance of mine. Um, someone who I've known since uh, since we were kids, since I was seven, he was six. Young man by the name of Reb Aaron Shane, he just passed away. After over a family with two little children. His father was my second grade Rebbe who had a big impact on me. And as I get older, I realize it more. Um, so they actually said by his funeral, he was he really... Managed to premade his household with with a certain atmosphere, with the atmosphere of happiness, atmosphere of of kolazor, of being careful. The mitzvah's Torah, mitzvah was special, was awesome. That has an impact automatically without you telling specifically your child this is what you should do. But they see the parent, the example, the air that comes out that they breathe in the house is one of is, is such a type of air. But that doesn't answer the question of ner, and that's where we get into a little bit what you, what you mentioned. If you take a look at these two candles that we light, right, Hanukkah and Shabbos, it's a it's a very smooth, not huge uh, bonfires, right? No, not lighting. It's not like Boimer. You're lighting in the middle of the street, huge fire, small, small little candles. If we look at at uh, Ner Shabbos, what's one of the 
main reasons that we light the uh, light candles on Shabbos Shalom Bayis. Right? There should be more light on the home, especially then when there was no electricity. Right? So candles made a difference. And even now, it's nice when you see candles. It's a pleasant feeling. You come home and you see candles on your table. Ah, It's a certain feeling of serenity created by a small little candle. Nechanaka also. When do we light Nechanaka? We light it as it gets dark. When it's getting dark outside and you have this... Think about this. You walk by the street Right, and you see everyone's Hanukkah lights in the in the in the um, in the window. Small, small little lights. Minimal, just a light for half an hour. But when you think about when you first of all when you see those lights, it creates. You would think a little, small little one. What does it? What does it do? No, but it it lights up. A little bit of, of light lights up a lot of darkness. <laughs> I think Nachman Breslov said that one. Um, it's a power, but even more than that, even when that specific candle has gone out, but when you remember, if you if and and you can look and ask, even like people that went through the war, they went through really dark periods in their life. Many times, what kept them kept them going, kept them alive, was the memory of their mother lighting Shabbos candles, or the memory of Hanukkah candles. I remember reading a story as a child about a girl who, that specifically the procedure, such a, not, not a good word for this procedure, it takes away everything, lighting candles with her family and remembering her father letting her choose the color of the candles that she wanted to use, that's what kept her going throughout the war. Whatever she survived, her family, whatever she built afterwards was built was because of that. So called Hazoyer Bener, a Talmud Chacham by nature is someone who lights up, who who takes from himself, who, who takes in Torah, takes in Yerushalayim, takes it all in and gives it out by his very nature. Whether he's doing it actively or passively, but a Talmud Chacham is someone who creates an atmosphere around him. Kol Hazoyer Bener, someone who's careful to light, the, not just to light it and go, but to really light it, not just light it, but to light it, and not just to light the physical wick, but to, in in that way, to light up the world, light up himself first and foremost, light become a source of light to other to those around him. The very na- uh, the 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 fact that they're careful specifically with this. Of being that source of light, and and that that's important to them, and they're approaching you with that awe and with that reverence, that goes into the children, and the children want if, if want to emulate that. When we give over in a way that's delightful, pun intended, delightful, it's it, light, it lights up that tra- in a positive way, in an uplifting way, <coughs> that passes on. Well, that passes you, on. How do you do it in a way that doesn't make, doesn't like, it doesn't let you burn out? Like I feel like some people they do it and then they burn out. Uh, <coughs> you have to, you keep, you have to keep replenishing your stock. 
My learning. Teacher that doesn't learn can't teach. You can't teach the pre. You can't. Even he has a, a curriculum to teach, but if he's not enriching himself, um, Y.Y. Jacobson actually just mentioned that and when I heard him recently on something. And he was talking from personal experience, and it's a true fact all, all around. Not necessarily learning in order to have what to say, but learning for yourself, like really being selfish about it. This is my for myself. I can't use this in a speech, but this is for me. Constantly replenishing your stock, so you become a, a source. So that's what I, the way I wanted to explain that that Maimar Chazal in, in the Gemara. Um, so getting down to the, the the actual lighting, what's happening when we're lighting? What is this lighting? What, lighting of Hanukkah? Yeah, I understand, right? Shabbos is fine. Shabbos mitzvah menatayra. There's shalom bayis. There's sacher v'shamah. There are many things that go into Shabbos. What is, what is Hanukkah? Rebellio Dessler was a, a, a very big. A, um, again, in English, it just does, doesn't sound right. He was a Balmuser. But he was someone, uh, he was an expert in Jewish thought and, and really giving meaning to everything that we do. Tremendous, again, Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, and a big tzaddik, a very pious person. And he explains this a little bit. You know, there, there are many, there, there's the, you always do the minimum. But the, well, the statement that we said, Kol Bener, means also going above and beyond, making sure to do it in the best, nicest possible possible way. And specifically with, you know, throughout all the, the, the mitzvahs, we have Hinder Mitzvah, right? To beautify the mitzvahs. In, 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 in Hanukkah, right? The requirement is to light one candle. For eight days. Then there's Mahajan, Mahajan, Mina Mahajan. That's what the way we do it, right? Mahajan is to literally meaning to make it even better and nicer. Um, is that you add a candle for each day? Mahajan, Mina Mahajan is um, that uh, to light multiple, right? Meaning every everyone in the household should light their own. Why? What's the? Why do we find this concept by Hanukkah? Mahajan, mina mahajan, constantly going more, more and better and better and better. Hanukkah, in its very essence, the word Hanukkah has in it chinuch, which we translate as discipline, but it's not true. I think the proper word would maybe be inauguration. What does that mean? When you inaugurate something, I think. In English, that would be like when you have a Hanukkah sabayis, right? You have a new, uh, uh, new house. You move into a new house. You make a right? that's an, inaugurating it. That would be, uh, make sense. Ah, Yeah, you're in, you're holding. <coughs> you're holding. Excuse me. Huh? 
Like making it holy? No. Designated? No. Nope. Um, like an installation. This is this is what this is going to be for. This is what this is meant for. It's a beginning. Chinuch is a beginning. And and grooming it and preparing it to fulfill its designated job. <clears throat> right? So when we have a house, a new house, we want to inaugurated, we'll call it, with the right values. So we make a simcha, we make it's a happy event, we want it to be happy. With mitzvahs, right? We put up a mezuzah, we put, we put up, um, we make brachas in the house. There was a Hanukkah Mishkan, the inauguration of the Mishkan. Yeah, it is an inauguration. Right? When we just had, the, we just built the, the, the Mishkan, the tabernacle in, in, the, in the desert. Right? How was that? How was that inaugurated? With carbonus, with uh, with special offerings, with um, but preparation. We're preparing it for for the future. Another interesting point of chinuch is that you're not bringing in anything new. You're taking what lays in what is already right, when you're mechanach a child, you're <clears throat> raising a child, you're in, you're putting him on a track, putting him or her on a track for life. It's not you're not making the child into a good person. You're not making the child into a disciplined person. The child is that already. We're just helping them bring it out. We're bringing out the shine of that child. We're bringing out the shine of whatever it is that we're inaugurating. That we're raising up, that we're bringing up. <clears throat> In this case, chinuch right, is is a form of preparation. Right? We're preparing. We're preparing, and and a preparation. The more you prepare. The more you prepare, the obviously we all know. The more we prepare for something, the better qualities. The more we prepare for our, for uh, for the day before, for the next day, the better the day goes. The more we prepare for our class, the better the class goes. The matter whatever may the more preparation, the better the better the result. And that's why tzaddikim have said that preparation for the mitzvah is sometimes more than the mitzvah itself. There was one. Uh, it's brought down that it's very important to take a nap Friday Friday afternoon, even in the winter. There was, I believe it was the Devarchaim of Tzans, a very, very holy person. He says he can't understand why this, he called a mitzvah to, to, to take a nap Friday afternoon, was not in, it was not on the Ten Commandments, was not on Aser Sadibris. Why? Because, I mean, obviously it doesn't mean if you, you have your wife or, or your husband, someone is, is, you know, needs a lot of help and you're going to go sleep and they're going to, Collapse under the under the stress. No, then you shouldn't go to sleep and you shouldn't take a nap. You should help them. But to really prepare prepare in a way that you should be able to. Why? Because it's a whole different Shabbos meal later when you come fresh and you come, you know, not exhausted, and it makes a difference in the whole Shabbos. When we prepare for a mitzvah properly. The quality of the mitzvah that we do is going to be much more. It's going to be on a much higher level. 
what does that accomplish? The more we invest, not just the, why, the, <coughs> the quality of the actual doing of the ritual of the mitzvah is going to be better, but the mitzvah, is, when we invest much more into preparing for it, it's worth that much more to us. And that's one of the reasons of why it's important. We have like a nice, nice menorah, other mitzvahs are nice. Esrig, and I, whatever mitzvahs that we try to make it as nice as possible, to invest as much of ourselves into it as possible, because then it will mean that much more to us. It will become a part of us much more. And it will transform from being just a ritual that we do into a relationship. What are we, what, what are we preparing for? So this is something that I didn't see anywhere brought down. It's a thought that I have. And I'll share it with you. Imagine that we would take, um, right? We would just go through the ritual of lighting the, the lights of Hanukkah. Imagine that. Okay, very nice. We all get together. We light the lights, we eat some latkes, we eat some donuts. Perfect. Without think, without preparing for it, I mean, without taking five minutes before and, and thinking about why am I doing this? What, the, what am I supposed to take away from this mitzvah? What am I supposed, how, how am I supposed, we can't be the same person before and after. We've got to be higher people afterwards. So it would be a very nice ritual. It would stay for a few generations. And maybe it would, maybe it won't. <clears throat> you know? Everyone gets some people everyone gets together for a Pesach Seder. The question is how much Pesach and how much Seder? Right? Matzah and bread, bread and matzah. Only matzah, only everyone in their in their level. But you you, you I can obviously see a difference when it's when it's something alive. And it's just a tradition that our great grandparents kept and did and we're holding on it's very nice to hold on i'm not knocking that because many times that can be a foundation for future growth but in no way shape or form is that the goal what is hanukkah what do, what do we need to prepare for what do we need to pre- when we look at those lights and and think about what they symbolize they symbolize a victory that we had why? What 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 how what is that supposed to prepare? What is that supposed to be mechanech us for? And as we said earlier, chinuchasan that we have in ourselves. What are we supposed? What are we supposed to bring out? Bitachin true. There bitachin, but we have many yom tov. That's that's a foundation. But specifically chanukah. A lot of things that happen during chanukah. Right, but that's where we light. But what the what what was that? What, what were those wars? Those were wars. The, were the war that was fought. That were not, huh? they were, the war was won by people that weren't soldiers. They were Kohanim. True. Very nice. That, that's the story. But what, what, are we, what are we taking away from that? What, did they, what were they standing up for? And when we light those candles, what are we, what's the takeaway? What's the, what are, where are we going to with that? 
Hanukkah is a Yom Tov where if we take Purim, for example, right? Purim was classic anti-Semitism. Jews are no good. Jews are the source of all the problems. Let's kill them. Boom. Genocide, right? Cattle cars, concentration camps. Same old stuff. Hanukkah was different. Hanukkah was, I don't want to kill you. Your views are offensive to me. I don't like your views. You're too old, old-fashioned. Get with the times. Come on. Come join us in our theaters. Come join us in our parties. Come join us. Be one of us. We don't want to kill. No. We want to be with you. We are loving. We are accepting. Come. When that didn't work... Now it's getting a little bit uncomfortable. So then the old-fashioned anti-Semitism comes out and they start killing. You don't agree with us. You're no good. You're an enemy of the state. No, no, no. Shame on you. Shame on your family. Vrag naroda k stienki. Очень просто. Simple as that. The... I don't know that that when <coughs> excuse me when Antiyach said that you can't do a brismila you can't do a shchodesh you can't do it wasn't I don't know if it was presented as this is a bad thing because it's Jewish this is a bad thing because it's barbaric this is a bad thing because it's racist elitist I don't know all these other names that they come up with you think you're better you think you have this yom toivim. You think you have Shabbos? Only you have. What, what is Shabbos? Shabbos is, is t- saying that we're 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 Hashem's special nation. What's what's Rishchodesh? Rishchodesh is telling us when the Yom Tovim are, because we have special days that are for us that remind us of, of that we're reliving special times that happened to us. Everyone's got to be equal, don't they? No, no, no. You got to be like us. You don't want to be like us. Now we have a problem. Came along the the Hashmanoim and they 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 showed what it means not to be ashamed, not to be ashamed of who you are, not to have to justify why we keep Shabbos and why we can't um, eat in a non-kosher place, for example. What you talk to someone? Can I, can I shake this woman's hand? No, she's not related to you. But what are they going to say and what are they going to think? Why are you justifying yourself? Anyone else from any other religion comes, everyone is very understanding. Right? The, Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky has a gorgeous story about this one. He was flying on a plane. He was flying on a plane. He was dressed as a Hasidic Jew with a hat, long coat, beard. Black and white, ah, perfect picture straight out of anywhere. Bar Park, Williamsburg, Poland, Krakow, anywhere, you know, anywhere in Poland, Romania, Ukraine. The real diaspora Jew, as they would, as the world likes to call. And a lady comes over to him on the plane, and she tells him in Yiddish, "Aren't you ashamed of yourself? 
you old-fashioned Jew. You're a disgrace to the whole Jewish nation. How can you? How can you dress like this? So, very wisely, he made believe that he didn't understand the word she was saying. And he had a really good English. And uh, he, after she finished her rant, he excused himself and said, I'm sorry, lady, but I, I don't understand what you told me. I'm, I'm Amish. I'm telling me Amish people. Now, she obviously wasn't too well-versed in what the Amish people looked like because they don't have mustaches. He did. But it, it worked. And she heard, oh, you're Amish? I am so sorry. You people are so special. You keep the old traditions. You don't give in to this old new agey stuff. Wow. And she started going on praising how the Amish are so old-fashioned, how it's so wonderful. Very nice. When she finished that, he switched back to Yiddish. And he said, aha, if I'm Amish, it's very good. But if I'm a Jew, it's a problem. That that's a lot. What was going? Yeah, you had Misyavim. You had Jews that went. They went to the Greeks. They were very progressive. They were very this old old fashioned stuff is not for us. And they went ahead and they you had it in Russia too. Yevsekta. They went ahead and they fought their brothers and sisters who were holding strong to the tradition and holding strong to the Torah and said, "You old fashioned people, you're the cause of all the problems because you can't give up on your ideals." What do you mean you don't want to eat? You, you want you, you can't shake. When you understand the reason behind why men, men and women that are not related to each other don't shake each other's hands, you understand. You, you go into all of that. What a woman is, what a man is, how beautiful and ele- and amazing it is. Once you anyone that thinks into that and, and learns that, everyone comes out. Wow, this is a, this is right. This is true. Chashmonaim taught us, and they, that's the chinuch. It's something that we have in ourselves that we have to bring out. That no matter what goes on around us, the whole, there was a, they were a very small group. A very small group. But not to give in. And it looks like everything's going down. It looks like it's dark outside. And what's this little candle, this little light going to do? What's this little jug of oil? It could only last one day. You watch that little jug of oil, you, that hold, holding strong among all the darkness in the world. That's going to be the light that's going to light up the world. When you look at yourself, you yourself a light. Be, be becoming that light. What, can I really have an effect on somebody? Can I really have an effect? Can I really have an image? Yes, you can. You stay strong. You do what you got to do. Don't give in and don't give up. You do the right thing, you do the right thing, you'll end up being respected for it. When you give in and you give up your ideals, they know good and well who's who and who's what. You're not going to be respected. You may look like you're respected, you may look like you're loved. It's not true, it's all fake. Marcus Lehman, Rabbi Marcus Lehman, of blessed memory in Germany, he was a tremendous writer. Um... And he, his whole write, writings at the time was the Enlightenment, the the scholar, the Reform movement. He was combating that with with his through his literature. He had commentaries in the Talmud. He was a student of Reb Shamshon Rafael Hirsch, who was really the one that saved German Jewry from total spiritual annihilation. And he writes in one of his stories. It's called "The Tale of Two Families." 
tremendous, really good, amazing writer. And he he writes a conversation. There was two families. One was stayed religious. One, the husband was going, becoming reform and going off. And they tried to get the rabbi. They to, to they they got the they caused the rabbi so much grief that he was holding on to the idea to the original, right? Not giving up the Torah, not giving up nothing. I think he, the, the story goes that he ended up it was too much for him. He ended up passing away from it, from the grief that they were causing him. But um, his wife, this this person's wife, stayed strong. And he, but he himself became he was he was very very wealthy. The, the the Kaiser of Germany at the time came to visit his house. It was a whole party. And by that party, he records, like he says, a conversation the two ministers were having. It's like, oh, this Jew, as long as his wine tastes good, we can tolerate him. That's a tremendous statement. We think we're going to give in, we're going to be on the stand. Hold strong to what's yours. When you hold strong, you'll be respected for it at the end of the day. It's not always easy. We get pain for it. We get, we're in Golas. We're, we're, not, we're not home yet. But when we look at those lights in the darkness, we realize that that's the, that's the chinuch. We are, we are bringing out that light that, that we are to stay strong and to realize that many times us, we, can be the, the light that will light up someone's world, that will light up our world, that will light up the world entire. That's one maybe message that we can take as an introduction as we get ready and prepare Prepare not just the physical candle, but prepare ourselves to really light up the night and bring on a new dawn. Thank you for your attention.